and welcome back to Tech Talks, the people and planet podcast where we explore how technology can be used for the greater good from healthcare to education, social justice to creating a greener future. We're covering it all right here on Tech Talks. I'm Tony Marsh and today we've got a very special guest with us, uh, Pierre Salvi from uh, Cambrium. Uh, he's over there as the head of engineering Cambrium is pioneering a biomaterials company that is revolutionizing the way we think about sustainable solutions. Uh, in just two years, they made their mark as the first biotech company to launch a product in Europe, setting new standards for innovation within the biomaterials space. Their mission goes beyond just introducing things like skincare products. They're really committed to replacing unsustainable materials like plastics and paving the way for a more sustainable future. With a focus on diversity and inclusion in their hiring practices, they're really creating a team that reflects the world that they're aspiring to, to change. In today's episode, we'll delve into the heart of Cambrium's mission and Pierre will share his insights on their journey and plans for the future. We'll explore how they plan to achieve their mission, their inclusive hiring practices and the vital role of education in driving collective action towards sustainability. So join us as we dive into this world of biomaterials and discover how Cambrium is leading the charge towards a more sustainable future. Pierre, welcome to the show. Uh, before we do dive in uh, to the incredible work that you're doing over at Cambrium, uh, it'd be great to get a bit of an intro from yourself and um, what you're doing at the moment over there. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much for the intro, Tony. It's a pleasure to be here speaking with you. Um, so yeah, my name is Pierre. I'm the head of engineering at Cambrium. Um, to set some context, so I'm originally from France. You might hear it from my accent. Um, where I studied applied mathematics in one of the French engineering schools, um, and then I worked a little bit on the west coast with Total and Amiris. We're making uh, jet fuel using beer yeast, so it was like pretty sci-fi and exciting. And I decided to continue working in that domain, and I got a PhD in computational biology in EPFL, um, which uh, opened me you know, new ways of thinking about uh, all this uh, exciting, uh, exciting tech. Um, and basically I met uh, Mitch and Charlie, the founders of Cambrium, a bit more than two and a half years ago. Um, they were like interested in my research. We started talking, we decided that first we liked the same things. We had the same values and we were all interested in like, you know, using these technologies that we know uh, to create a better future, um, in particular in the respect to materials. And that's what I will probably be talking about today. Cool. No, sounds great. So I guess, could you give us a bit of insight then on Cambrium's mission and, and how that overall kind of aligns with the larger goal of creating a, a sustainable future? Yeah, I think the, the best way to talk about this is like, you know, how when you pitch your company to your friends, your grandma, potential investors, your measure of success is like when they try to summarize to you what they have understood like whether or not what they tell you actually matches what you think, right? And I think the best I've heard so far is, oh yeah, guys, you're doing AI for drug discovery, except that you don't do drugs, you do materials. And I think I think it's a good uh, it's a good catch-all, right? It's it's a good summary. The longer pitch is yeah. basically whenever there is like a material innovation, the world changes, right? Um, that's why they named the Bronze Age, the Iron Age, etc. And right now we sit in this sort of hybrid steel plastic age, and we need to move out of it because like it's really messing up the world. Um, Biology creates awesome materials, been doing that for like 2 billion years, and proteins are basically the most abundant responsible for this material uh, performance, right? Um, they're basically programmable polymers, and Cambrium uh, was started to use these polymers to reprogram the material world. Um, and in a nutshell, what we do is we design these proteins in the computer, 
uh, with you know mechanistic data remodels. That also means AI, right? Uh, and then we ferment that in a we ferment them in a big vat, the same way you would make beer, and then we scoop them up and sell them. Roughly, we also have a bunch of cool robots that help us do that at a high throughput. But basically, that's what we do. Cool. No, it sounds uh, super interesting. Um, so, as I mentioned before in, in that little intro, um, so Cambrian were the first company in Europe in the biomaterial space to launch a product within the first two years of business. That that first product on 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 your side of things was a uh, was a skincare product, right? Um, so, I guess. As a biomaterials company, what challenges did you face in developing and launching a skincare product so early in your, uh, you know, at, at the start of, of, of the business um, within Europe? And how, how did you kind of overcome them? Yeah, it's a very good question. Um, I'll skip over the obvious that biology is hard, like everybody knows this. Um, but the question is, like, how do you tackle this hardness, right? I think the real problem beyond that is... Really, if you lay out what we do on the table, we look like a bingo card of hardcore deep tech and sci-fi concepts. And that really confuses people, right? Because if I tell you we use AI for protein design using synthetic biology in an automated laboratory, you know, everybody's like confused and unsure about what you just said. But beyond the joke, there's like actually a lot of complicated idea playing together there. And so finding the right words to express clearly and simply what we do has been really, really hard. But it's like a muscle, right? Like the the, the more you pitch, the more you improve. And you also educate the people you talk to the same way they educate you uh, when you talk to them, right? Um, so basically, the more we're throwing ourselves at, at the real world, the more we're learning and the better we are getting at, you know, explaining to people what why we think what we're doing is important. Um, another challenge that's super, worth, uh, super important to mention, I think, is um, regulation, right? Like regulations in Europe, sure. everybody knows, are something that are, I mean, they're big. Uh, we're generally proud of them. And I think we should be because they're really allow the Europeans to be uh, preserved from like, you know, bad influences of like, you know, um, some ill, um, ill-considered objective of some businesses, right? So I think they're really important, but they, of course, they make your work way harder, right? Um, so, yeah, I think we decided that we're okay with this compromise because we are really happy about the idea of like, you know, also putting out there a product that has a trust statement for our customers, right? They will see made in EU, made in Germany, and they know that we went through the extra mm. hurdles of the European and German regulations to yep. get them a product that's safe for them. And for us, it's really important. Yep. And the last one I think we had not anticipated is like some people who just not take us seriously with respect to our timelines. Like really, we tell them the product is ready and we're, we're not launching it in X weeks. And they're like, get out of my face, you know. But then usually that's so when you actually <laughs> get them get them the product in there and they're like, okay, you are not kidding. No, we're not kidding. We did this in less than two years and that's insane. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, congratulations on that. As you say, it's uh, it's pretty insane and, and, and extremely good going. So, um, yeah, excited to, to kind of sort of see how that that kind of sort of continues on your on your journey. Um, I guess in addition to creating products that Cambrium is focused on disrupting uh, with its biomaterials. Yeah. Um, the general problem is like if you're a new kid around the block and you just start yelling that you have good plastics alternative, one, nobody will believe you. And two, uh, good luck being press competitive with like 200 years of like optimized uh, petrochemical industry, right? It's, it's going to be really hard. So you can't yeah. start by doing this uh, unless you have infinite money, but that's obviously not the case of everyone. 
So that's why we started in personal care, because it's it's a very innovation-driven industry, which is also very welcoming for disruptive ideas, right? Um, so that's why we started with collagen for cosmetics, right? And that's also the reason why we plan to tackle fashion uh, as our next uh, general industry. Um, the general idea, again, like the recipe is you want to go for a field that has fast product cycles um, with economics that allow high added value products, right? And then you work your way down the price, um, yeah, the pricing down to commodity chemicals so that finally you can do sustainability with an impact, right? And that means plastics and ultimately. But again, it would be awesome if we could start there. The reality of economics is you can't, so you have to do these steps in between. Yeah. Yeah, that 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 makes total sense. Um, obviously, probably a little little frustrating from from your side, but I guess necessary steps to uh, to get to the end goal. I guess in that sense. Um, so you've you've obviously been successful. Um, you know, from from our kind of sort of previous conversation, you mentioned you know it's been a successful um, in terms of hiring and uh, a diverse and inclusive team, um, which is always really great to hear from a from a recruitment standpoint. Um, so can you speak to the company's hiring practices and how they've kind of sort of contributed to that success in, in building such a, you know, uh, as I say, a, a diverse and inclusive team? Yeah, sure. Um, I think first and foremost, you need to be aware that this is even a topic. And I'm still surprised in 2023, sometimes I meet people and they're like just so oblivious to this, right? And, you know, first, mm -hmm. first reaction is like, what? And second reaction is like, hey, have you thought about this? Um, but yeah, but once you start thinking about this, actually a lot of tools that are at your disposal, and it's not rocket science, right? Like, I think the biggest bank for your buck, for example, is um, checking my writing for job descriptions. Uh, at the very beginning, I had a tendency to use the kind of brutal words that I was also exposed to when I was looking for a job, right? Like a strong individual, driven, um, that type of like wording that scores pretty poorly in different, in different uh, inclusion studies, right? Uh, but instead using words, words like, you know, somebody who's able, who's independent, um, results in ultimately in the same message and studies show it's a more inclusive form, right? Uh, and yeah. honestly, anyone can Google this and rewrite a job description with them in a more inclusive way in 10 minutes. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, that's a routine check we do on our job post now. Um, it also has a snowball effect, right? Like once uh, you have a more diverse team, it's easier to hire more diversely. And uh, in the interview yeah. process, for instance, we always make sure that uh, applicants are exposed to a wide variety of backgrounds, education and experiences so that, you know, they can find people they can identify with. Um, and, you know, that reflects in your company image, right? I think one thing people tend to forget is hiring ethics are also part of your company brands. Um, and even if you just if, even if you don't care about being a good human being, if you're just very pragmatic, your business will be just weak and robust and unrobust if you don't have a diverse team. This is this has been shown many ways, many different, uh, many times in many different ways. Um, and so that's why I would say, like, my take home message is this is just be a decent person, right? Like, don't fall in the trap of dehumanizing the hiring process. And, you know, it's easy with all the automation we have, like groups, emails, templates, core counts, and so on. But I think the time you earn by using this automation instead of, you know, just throwing it away, use it to bring back the human component to the hiring process, right? Take more time to understand why people act the way they say, they act, why they say what they say, and use that to just become a more, like a better hiring manager. And I think like the return investment for that in terms of just having the right team around you is just insane. So yeah, that'd be my, my, two, my two words. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I've kind of sort of worked um, across the board in in both sort of agency internal and um, also on on the consultancy side as well. And yeah, you know, certainly from from when I worked internally as well, like the 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 importance of actually driving uh, a sort of approach forward um, is obviously very very key. And and I think a diverse and inclusive team is is extremely key in doing that. You know, it, it sort of really brings different mindsets and different approaches, um, which, you know, is, is is just ultimately very important to the success of a product. So, you know, as well as it being, you know, obviously needed to, to be uh, diverse and, and inclusive, I think it's also important to the success of a business as well. Absolutely. Um, so um, I guess moving forward um, to, you know, back to the sort of sustainability aspect, I know that, you know, education is is often cited as a as a key factor in creating a more sustainable future um of course uh, how is cambrium contributing to education and mm -hmm. awareness around sustainable biomaterials and their potential impact on industries and the environment yeah uh it's a very important topic and i think it's important also to under, uh, to underline that like, we're not necessarily talking about education in terms of academic degrees right but like really education of the broader public i think that's where the that's where the the game is being played right um i think as scientists and engineers we do have an unspoken duty to demystify a lot what we do to the people that surround us right even more so for uh, those of us that have been educated thanks to uh, public money right um I, and by that, I don't mean to take a megaphone and explain, you know, CRISPR mechanics on Alexander Platz in the middle of Berlin. I mean, you know, taking the time to explain to your extended family that GMOs is not just Monsanto, AI is not just Kynet and Terminator, ChatGPT is not the ultimate source of truth. Like all these things are, you know, things that are very basic for us because we evolved in that, but we owe to share that with the broader community. So I think that's like, you know, at the personal level. Uh, but then also like at the community level, like we've been hosting meetups, uh, we jokingly call them metabolic networking, uh, which are usually events of like that um, uh, put together a lot of people in the biosphere. And uh, you have people a bit more computer oriented, you have people a bit more bio oriented, you have people that even come from the pharma and so on. And, you know, it's all jolly, like people that like science just get excited to talking about science. I'm, to I'm including myself there, right? Um, it's a good way also to... Uh, bring all this knowledge and education in a soft way uh, in our surroundings uh, we also do go to conference fairs and so on where you know you meet um, institutions you meet vendors suppliers uh, potential investors all of that is like soft information transfer that allows everyone to know a bit better what sustainability can mean in our terms right um, mm -hmm. and i think it's super nice because like from when we started to now, we can already see a strong improvement in the way our partners understand fermentation as a source of sustainable materials uh, from suppliers to customers to investors. I'm also, yep. for instance, going back to um, uh, EPFL uh, to talk a bit about Cambrium, also to bring to the students that I used to teach, right, um, some ideas of like what industry holds uh, for them. Cool. No, sounds great. Sounds great. So I guess then, and I think probably sort of final question from, from me then, Pierre, I mean, Looking ahead, what are Cambrium's plans for growth, expansion, and how will you look to continue to innovate in the biomaterial space? Yeah, we want to do more with more people. <laughs> uh, no, I think we did a solid proof of concept with our first product, right? Um, I think it was important for us to um, 
take it uh, out of our uh, tanks and show it to the world. Now that it's out there, we are really looking forward to talking with more investors uh, that will be up for assisting us with the exciting journey ahead of us, right? Because through this, we can actually um, bring more people in the fold so that we can, you know, release a couple of secret products that we, we already have in the works. Uh, and honestly, like sometimes I look at our molecules and it's absolute sci-fi and I get too excited. Um, so like we have a lot in store, we just need the capacity, right? Um, and talent-wise, as we scale up um, the products, we need to hire people to support all across the board, right? Uh, on the growth of our company, both in the engineering and R&D side. So that means, you know, people that use computers, cloud, robots, but also like uh, actual um, biology experiments in the lab. Um, sure. But also on the commercial side, right? Like you make a product, it's awesome, but if you don't have anyone to sell it, you're not going to make a difference. Um, yeah. So yeah, these proteins won't design themselves. They won't sell themselves. So that's why we need people. And we're looking forward to uh, making that happen. Sure, great, excellent. Well, I think that pretty much wraps up today's episode of Tech Talks, the People and Planet podcast. We hope you found this conversation with Pierre, the head of engineering at Cambrium, inspiring and informative. We've really explored the realm of sustainable biomaterials and the path to a, to a greener future. So a massive thank you uh, to Pierre for, for sharing his insights and shedding light on Cambrium's mission and initiatives. Um, if you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and leave a review. Any feedback is, is really greatly appreciated. So join us next time as we continue our exploration of technology's potential for positive impact on the world. We will delve into new realms and covering you know, innovative solutions and talking to new visionary change makers. So stay curious, keep innovating. And thanks again, Pierre. It's been an absolute Many pleasure. thanks to you, Tony. Many thanks to you. Cheers. Thank you.